1: Hey everyone, it's your host, Millie Tamaris, aka Millie T, aka Wactose Intolerant, aka formerly known as Swagetti and Meatballs, here in the studio with the co host, co producer, editor, extraordinaire, shortener, Candy Harl. Candy, what's good? Oh, hello. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to open up my Foghorn app. Pew, pew, pew.
0: I got you. No? No. I'm like, uh... And... I don't see the difference. Oh! All
1: right, we have a great episode for you today at the All Dick is Trash podcast. The podcast about sex, relationship, the patriarchy, and all things in between. Our guest, I'm super, super hyped to have her. She's been on mad things. We have Rhonda Handsome here, aka Rhonda Passion Handsome, and... She was amazing. It was an amazing interview. Uh, everyone should know who she is. She's open for Anita Baker, for Aretha Franklin, for James Brown. This woman is it. I'm so excited. But before we get that, y'all know how this goes. I tell a trash dick anthology. Then we're going to talk about a trash dick confession. And then we got our interview. So for the trash dick anthology, I'm going to tell you about this guy that I've been seeing. <laughs> uh you know, so I met him on Tinder, and he was kind of cute, but he had like blurry photos. And as soon as we started texting, he was just texting me all the fucking time. You mm-hmm. know those guys that text like "Good morning" every fucking day, Ugh, winky face, a winky face, mm. and like "How are you, beautiful?" And if I didn't text him back, he fucking would flip out and be like, "Never mind them." If I if I didn't text him back like in like a few hours, because sometimes you know I w- I want to text. I like texting, but like. Not all day, every day, bitch. I got shit to do. You gotta
0: take it. Literally, you gotta wake up, take a shit. Yeah, have do my a shower. Shit. Like on my way to
1: the work or whatever, then I'll text you. But dog, so yeah. this guy was um was very like crazy, and we hadn't even met yet, and he was like, "Oh, D," and I was when like, "When was this?" This was uh, we were cho- talking last October. So like basically, I just bro- like ended things with um that dj guy which that's a whole other episode <laughs> i just and then before him episode. was the other guy so i just end things and i'm on tinder and i'm talking to this guy and he's just og and i'm like damn and then but we meet like finally we meet and um he was way cuter in person he was really nice and like re- uh, like a little reserved and shy and I thought he was so, like, I thought he was, like, really adorable. He had, like, a, mm-hmm. a good sense. You know, I felt, like, some kind of, like, something innocent about him, you know? Like, an innocence, like, like a purity that I didn't really see. And, you know, he's a plumber, so he's not, like, this, like, clout-chasing, like, he doesn't even know what BuzzFeed is. An everyday man. An everyday man. Oh, everyday trash man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had this great date, and then... Uh, we go home. We go to my place. We sleep together. And yeah, it was like as soon as I started getting into him, I'm like, oh, you know what? I really like this guy. He just started like text up coming frequently. Like, instead of, like, where if I didn't text him back in 10 minutes, he would flip out. Now he's taking like five hours to text me back. Uh-oh. Then it's like two days. Then like, know, he's like, no, okay. It's let's cuffing say, season. Yo, and like, he's like, oh, um, when are we going to hang out with again? And then I gave him a specific day and then he just fucking, I, it was like the day before that day we were supposed to hang out on a Saturday and the Friday comes around and he completely goes to me like didn't write back. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was so hurt, so annoyed. And, um, you know, that's it. Like then like a month after that, I do this show. I do rest of your 15 year old self. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Elise Morales. And, I'm doing that show and I go backstage like a month. Out, no, no, no. Sorry. Two weeks after he ghosted me and like, whatever. Then he texts me and he was like, Hey, what's up? Sorry. I've been away. And I'm like, Where's no, 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 no. I don't th- Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. You fucking haven't texted me in two weeks. I need, I need something more than sorry. I've been away. Like, and then I didn't, then he did, never wrote me back. And I'm like, fine. Fuck this guy. <laughs> then I'm, I'm at a show. Uh, At a show, backstage, get a text, and um, it's him, and he's like, "I'm sorry." And when and you know how many times I've gotten like a text randomly that's just like, "I'm sorry," Uh -uh. and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like a month, (laughs) a month after the two weeks, he just kept texting you. "I'm sorry." No, he texted me. "I'm sorry," and then I'm like, "What are you sorry about?" And then he's like, "Uh, I don't know that we haven't hung out." Lol, and I'm like you Not
0: LOL ghosted
1: me two like twice Ghost. fuck it. and then he was like, come on blah blah and I'm like, no dude, I don't want to talk to you like you don't know what you want. Blah, blah blah this and that and he was just like, come on, I just want to see you I'm sorry blah blah I'm sorry I'm uh, I just want to take you out. I just want to take you out to eat. Can I take you to a nice dinner blah, blah. and he was just so persistent for like fucking like five or six days. He would not let up of texting me like yo 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 and I'm like where was this energy last month last month <laughs> even if he texted me like even if he did ghost or whatever but it was like you know what I, my bad I was going through something or I wasn't sure or this and that or I'm like this like if he just let me know you know but it was just like that lack
0: of he ghosted you during the holidays in like November n- he ghosted me
1: before the- this all had been like so uh like we went out like in early October and then he ghosted me like around Halloween and then um, hit me up like around things, you know, hit me up like again and then hit me up around Thanksgiving, like Mm-mm. shit like that. And I'm like, uh and then, yeah, he just like, I was just like, look, I hope the next girl you're with, like you, you treat better than you or treated the me. the girl you're
0: with, secret family. I know, I
1: know. <laughs> well, when he, when we were like, when we like had sex, Afterwards, we are talking, and he's like, yeah, you know, I was in a relationship for a year, and we broke up. And I'm like, why'd you break up? And he was like, we just broke up. And I'm like, okay. You're that not really sounds telling like you me. have closure. Yeah. <laughs> so there's more to that story, but we're going to keep going with uh, this amazing episode.
0: <laughs> Here's a couple of confessions we've gotten from people. All right. A guy who worked a few doors down from me would go out of his way to make small talk and was super flirty with me for a few months, so I finally agreed to go out with him in a group setting. Around six of us went for drinks, and at the end of the night, he walked me to the train, and we kissed. He then immediately invited me over his place and sternly stated that I had to, I had to be gone by 8 a.m. Mind you, it was midnight, because that's the time his wife got home. I proceeded to freak out and yell at him for putting me in this position and not telling me he was married. He then told me I should have noticed his ring. Needless to say, I never saw him again, walked an extra block to work to avoid him and try to notice things like wives before I make out with people. I'll take his trash. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that
1: guy is trash, but how do you not notice a ring?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: like a um, ring is like, I, that's like the first thing I'll, I check for. Cheers. But you know, okay, we, don't know I wanna... who, uh, <laughs> we don't know who sent this
0: in. I'm not going to judge the person who sent this in. All right, fuck it. You know it's me. Uh, <laughs> hey. I'm trying to because I can't stop nervous laughing. It's fucking hard. One time in Bushwick, they put up three new houses and I didn't notice any of them until like a year in. I'm calling the police. <laughs> it was hard. He played with me for so long. I was yes, really trying but to put this he one off. Ring on. But I never noticed his hands girl i am trash but i'm not like a garbage fire (laughs) dumpster. that shit was rough his co-workers didn't tell me yeah no that's fucked up (laughs) no one told me that he was married we flirted for a few months that's super awkward this
1: is where the the fans learn that every <laughs> trash <to confession laughs> is <me>. just candy <laughs> <laughs> the fucking veils up on oh that God, one the jig is <laughs> up
0: i can't even get through one without a no- yeah yeah I'm not a that's good liar. so funny i can't, I can't um, um
1: yeah well the guy's obviously trash but good save yeah but, but um you
0: know you're not you know i not, i do not notice true. rings now do notice rings but sometimes you get like a poppy choodle that just has like a little pinky ring and you know it's a whole other story a lot of
1: guys don't wear rings and i hate that a lot of a lot of men don't wear wedding rings i hate it
0: can Did i just a tattoo say or something
1: i hate it Fair. uh i'm so excited for our guest Everyone, give it up for Rhonda Handsome, yeah. aka Passion. Yeah, yes. and um, you know, how are you, how are you doing today?
2: I am fabulous. I'm fabulous. I had no problem getting here, and uh, I'm I'm just excited uh for the new year. Yes, I really am. I'm excited. Someone has asked me to direct a short. Uh, a film for them, and um, I'm just all the Twitter. You know, I direct, but that has been mostly on theater. Yes, and uh, and I've been looking forward to on camera work, and so um, I'm psyched for That's that. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. look, and Excellent. just to toot your own horn, I'm gonna go through your background a little bit. Oh my god, you are a native <laughs> New Yorker, but specifically native Brooklyner, Bed Bedstad, mostly die. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, your producer. Actress, singer, and award winning comedian and director. You've opened for Aretha Franklin, Anita Baker, James Brown, and Diana Ross in venues like New York City's Radio City Music Hall and LA Greek Theater.
2: Oh, that was fun.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about it. <laughs> and your latest show solo show is Lie Baby Lie. Oh, yeah. True Tales of Sex, Murder, and Gentrification.
2: I did that at Dixon Place. It was just so fun. So fun.
1: Yeah. That's so amazing, <laughs> and of course, everyone aspires to be, you know, Amy Schumer, Chris, Chris Rock, but just to see somebody like—it's hard in this like age as a as a young a young comedian. I'm like thirty, and there's just. You know, so many people that are popping off are like 24 yeah. and they've gotten their yeah. first writing show at 22 and there's just all this thing. It's like if you haven't really like gotten your first Netflix special by 30, like your life is over and you just got to give up
2: You're dead meat
1: and you're dead meat. But <laughs> it's so refreshing and it's so cool to see like again, someone like you who's been doing it for a long time and you're happy and you're still working and you're still creating and you're still doing stuff and like just living a really, you know, and I, this is just from what it looks like to me, of, like, you're still performing, you're still doing things, and, like, it's not this, you know, do or die thing of, like, if you don't have 50,000 million
2: Twitter followers. I'll take them. At, at, uh. Ro- at Rhonda Handsome, that's, like, a handsome man without the D. Uh. I will take all of your uh. Twitter followers. Come on now. Come okay, on.
1: I will I will follow, I don't know if we even follow each other on Twitter. Oh, yeah. but um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, it's just so cool to see that. You well,
2: know? I, you know, and I thank you for that. I hear that and I accept it in the spirit that it is uh, given. But I'm excited when I'm around you like, because I'm doing your podcast. I've done your festival. Oh. I've, <laughs> I even came out to some pizza place somewhere where you were, yes, doing, you were you. doing comedy, doing a show out there. Yeah. And that kind of thing excites me because I want to be connected to what's happening now. Yes. So uh, it's a mutual admiration society. <laughs> and i'm good with that <laughs> no exactly no i'm happy
1: to be that connection with you to like what's happening now quote unquote because a lot of comedians especially like younger comedians on the brooklyn scene and the alt comedy scene they say that they're very inclusive and to a certain extent they are you know there's a lot of really exciting things happening with queer comedy and like trans people and stuff but like it's also really important to be inclusive of people with different ages and life experiences absolutely and stuff. But I will also say that not everybody to 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 speak to your merit like not a lot of older comedians like you know being in young spaces like Dave Chappelle Jerry Seinfeld they can't go into a Brooklyn like a Brooklyn comedy club right now or like a Brooklyn scene now and have like relevant cutting. The cutting edge, like, thing that doesn't ostracize people and like
2: be fitting no, in the seat. I, I don't, I don't want to mock millennials. I, I don't, exactly. you, you should not make fun of the poor. And <laughs> I, I think, no, no, I don't, no, I, I don't mock millennials. <laughs> I need someone to show me how to do the Instagram <laughs> thing. So. No, I, I, I'm very respectful, very
1: respectful. <laughs> <I'm calling laughs> you call this one. but you know what I mean? Like, people want to be inclusive, but it's like, if you're going to come and mock on millennials or talk about, how uh it's stupid that there's multiple gender you know what i mean like then it's like yeah that you don't this is not your space so it's it's not only that like you know it, it's a it's a receiving again on both ends of well like, it's
2: funny you mentioned multiple gender i feel like i need a tutorial. I yes. do I do I'm not I'm not uh, you know disrespecting dis dis- anybody dismissing, but I don't I, I don't dismiss any dismiss anyone but I need a tutorial on you know how to address people for their individuality their pronouns yes. their, their sexual orientation their gender whatever it is because uh, it's a different time. Yes. But you know what and I mean
1: this is this is what I'm saying like the attitude of I need to know a tutorial versus it's stupid because I don't understand <laughs> it is like the shift and the thing that like,
2: No, that's calculus. It's stupid because I don't understand it. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah but not, not for human beings. Yeah, human exactly. Beings.
1: And I mean, that's the thing that will always make you relevant. I feel like. Whoa. Right? Thank yes. you. Thank you. Well, okay. So something that I like to ask everyone, do you think
2: all dick is trash? Yes or no? Uh, No, I think uh, I have had one or uh, one and a half that was not (laughs) trash. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: Well, yes, I will. No, I but I do I, I do have to say this clarifier right. I, I like to make the comparison that like when Black people criticize the police, you know, like police need, police brutality. It's like not every single cop is a bad person, and not every single police officer operates in the sense of violence. But if we don't like call out the whole system, then nothing's going to change and nothing's going to progress. I hear you, and so, I, and yeah. I
2: actually agree with you that the social the socialization of uh cis- uh, gender males is like uh has has been uh, misogynistic it has been self-centered mm-hmm. it has uh frequently had a basis in arrogance and so uh, hopefully with what y- you just said i don't have to say it's not all men but the the socialization process in general has has led us to um most dick being trash
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and and you know i guess and in trying to find your background i want you to connect to like how did you arrive to where you were where you are right now in your understanding of of dick Dick being trash well
2: uh let's start with my father abandoning me in Mm. utero Oh, (laughs) mm. that has been a hard thing for me to accept and an unfortunate thing to color my looking at men in general you know Mm -hmm. um i i've I feel like that uh relationship between um a uh, a child and her uh, her father mm-hmm. is one of the most important imprints. Yeah. and uh, I, s- I have spent my entire life, you know, trying to fill that void. Not yeah. to not to say that you know my mother did not do everything that she could. Of you course, know, you know, rest her rest her soul. But uh, well, that was my first introduction to yeah <laughs> to Dick being yeah exactly.
1: Hands. It's a different <laughs> definition to the pullout. Game.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it pulled out and completely. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and, and now around the socialization process, um, I grew up Catholic, actually, going mm-hmm. to um, you know Catholic churches in in Brooklyn, and uh, the dogma, the the catechism, was such that uh, saying that your own sexuality is bad and uh, and the only way to keep yourself, from going to hell and and suffering from, uh, you know, carnal knowledge was to stay away from dicks. Mm. So so that was my, my other understanding that, you know, dick is, is trash, yeah. is going is to leave you jacked up and, you know.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of crazy because at first it's like, well, that's a terrible message to settle women, and then it comes back full circle, and you're like, were they on to something?
2: Really? <laughs> really? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and but i I really uh, I, I feel uh, sad I do feel sad you know for uh, the men who are trying to do the yeah. right thing because the majority are try- give the impression that they're just trying to get over, just trying to do enough to to get over yeah and and they they end up perpetuating the you know the trash identity yeah
1: and um, that's what uh, you know Fumi was here earlier was saying was like. You know, especially, like, he was speaking as an Asian man, you know. And maybe I would, you know, Asian men maybe are, like, the specific... Case where, like, in media they're emasculated and they're, or like they were for a long time, of like, you're not even really a man. I but don't, I, would,
2: I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. In fact, I, I really, I have a thing for tall Asian guys. Oh, me
1: too. No, <laughs> listen, I told, so I, yeah, like I, I sleep with a lot of Asian guys. And um, oh! I told them, like, I told them, like, I'm it jealous. Was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was good, but I, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I told the I was like, it was my secret for a long time. I felt like the Asian men were hot and no one else knew and now it's kind of like getting like popularized and I'm like, damn it, man. No one's supposed to know that these guys are hot.
2: There was a, there was a, a site I was following on Tumblr that was uh, with Asian guys, you know, with yeah. nothing but like a flimsy little curtain in front of their, their <laughs> genitals.
1: Uh-uh, I know you ain't not on Tumblr, but <laughs> look at that Asian men in loincloths, t- Rhonda. Yeah, but uh-uh. they took it off.
2: Tumblr, like, they took it off. <laughs> changed their community standards. Like, <laughs> oh. like, damn. Yeah, they took Thanks got it. <laughs>
1: the police. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but I feel like in a certain way too maybe men of color are emasculated in different ways maybe because of like you know financial or I- in different ways and it's just like they're told their whole life they have to like prove that they're being ma- and now it's like t- things have shifted and it's like well men are the problem you know and I, i'm sure it's hard for uh men but uh we don't feel bad for them. no, <laughs> no, up, no up, but that's up,
2: that's finish. a double edged sword what yes. what what you were just presenting because um I I have heard in the YouTube streets that you know there's uh, there's controversy around um, black men wearing dresses and mm. um and black men uh, uh, same sex loving black men versus. Um, a uh, traditional um, presentation, a traditional representation of black men as the head of a nuclear family, yeah. you know, the the wage earner and um, and um, p- cooperating partner, and it, I I have to. I, I really have to, you know, examine. You know, is there some overall Illuminati, you you know, dictum that you know, to be a success in comedy, the man has to wear a dress. I
1: yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, so basically, you're talking about like men. So there's like kind of three things, right? There's like men who go on like Instagram or something and or and wear a wig and be like women be like and like mocking women and yeah. that gets like. That gets viral and that goes places, and then you have Tyler Perry with the dress, and you have Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's house. There's not enough images of black men in a nuclear family as a stable member of the household, and all this stuff. Yes, and then you have like, are they promoting like a lack of masculinity? And is that's what that's what's making black men gay? And I feel like the same sex thing is like a little separate, but in terms of those things, and I feel like. I kind of un- like, not that I understand, because that's kind of like a hotep. Hoteps are almost there in terms of <laughs> like, like, they're almost right and then they say one thing because mo- as a woman
2: I feel like yeah it's not fucking fair like, when she uh, mentions Hotep oh my, I start smelling sandalwood for <laughs> some reason I, I but like
1: yeah when, when w- you know it's like can you make comedy that's not mocking women can you do something that's not like it's like so much of it is relied on women being the joke and stuff and it's like a woman comedian is not going to get as much traction as a man in a dress like I get that and then there, but then there's the other like thing of like oh well we shouldn't have men in dresses at all because that's damaging to the thing and to that argument so to the first argument i totally understand and it's something that annoys me too mm-hmm. of like you know that a woman can't make these like a uh, satirizations of men or like it's not as widely celebrated as a man in a dress mm-hmm. um but, you know, men in dresses like go viral and stuff and and, and they can a,
2: comment on us. And they can
1: comment on us and make commentary. But I you know, men can make commentary on women and do all this stuff on women like millions and millions and millions of videos. But I'm nervous about coming out with a podcast that says all dick is trash because I'm going to get attacked. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's the society we that's live in. That's why I don't do a podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: a chicken. Okay, <laughs> But exactly.
1: But like you're you're even scared and the men don't have to be scared about making fun of women and saying women are vapid and shallow and stuff.
2: You, like you just reminded me of something that happened to me so, so long ago. I was in, I think it was either Tahoe or Vegas someplace in the opening for Joe Piscopo. This is when he was a name, I hope so. Uh, And he I have traveled in from New York five hours or however long it is, and I'm just getting ready to take a nap before the show. And he calls me, and he says, uh, hi, this is Joe. Uh, Yeah, hi. I'm looking forward, blah, blah, blah. He goes, so so I just want to check. You're not going to do any of that, like, uh, female stuff, are you? What
1: the fuck is he talking (laughs) about? Well, that's (laughs) (coughs) (laughs) my period. Like
2: what? Yes, I just talk with my labia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's really, yeah. Yeah. So so, what?
1: uh, Gosh. But like, you no one's asking him if uh, no one's ever gonna ask a guy. You're gonna talk about male things. Are you gonna gonna talk talk about about that male stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like so rude. So then, yeah. It's like this double edged, like or not even. It's like this double standard and all this stuff. And then on the other hand, like you know, it's just about having visibility of like different kinds of people in the media and. Like I hate to always go back to the media, but it really does make a huge impact on what you think. Cause, like again, I operated. I I grew up with Dominican men and like Latin men and black men, and I just saw how. Not to say that my dad isn't great or like all this stuff, but like, oh, under overall, I, I was like not happy with how I was seeing the men in my life treat women.
2: And um, yeah, and um, I had the same experience and. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes I have to wrestle with how much of my displeasure with the example that I've seen around me uh, is um, comes a large percentage of it comes from the systemic racism of the society causing men to act out like that. And then, how much is it just because all dicks are trash? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. I mean, oh um, God, trying to figure that (laughs) stuff out. It's
1: like calculus. Exactly. (laughs) But it's, but, uh, you know, and I read an essay on fatherly that was basically like there's no such thing as toxic masculinity, but it's the idea that masculinity is earned. Like being a man is earned, where being a woman is something, you know, like if you're talking about cisgendered people, uh, But it's like being a woman is something that happens like when you get your period. Then you go from girl to woman. That's like your thing of womanhood. Being a man is a series of actions that you have to do to earn. Like you're not a man until you hunt. You're not a man until you provide for your households. And like men who feel like they're in danger of like not being a man, act out more and do all these things to like be solid in their manhood. And it's just like, how can we redefine it in a way that like, has good things
2: that are meant you're to. You say, I think you're saying something pretty profound. Yeah. Um. Because. Uh, well, I'm oh, I'm she's just, agreeing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I like that. I'm not, just, <laughs> no.
1: I'm not just. a hot body. You know what I mean. <laughs> I also
2: it's beauty and brain. <laughs> I tell people all the time. No. Absolutely. Because and I think. Our uh, digital world, our our electronic world, we are suffering from not having rites of passage that help us establish ourselves like that in yeah. society. Yeah, I actually think that that is uh, an, an an issue. That's a that's a blank spot in our development now that we don't have uh, these signposts where we understand where where we are. Yeah, in and the society, what's expected of us. And yeah. And I think that just comes
1: from like, you know, now we're talking about like stigmatization of like mental health and all this stuff because it does take a lot of reflection, a self-reflection and thinking like, well, what do I want? What What do do I I value? What do I think? Like, And then, yeah, like I watch a lot of I watch a lot of divorce court mm-hmm. with Judge Lynn Toller. I'm obsessed.
2: I love that. <laughs> I love it.
1: You love the show or you love that I am obsessed with divorce court. <laughs>
2: no, I love the show too. Yeah. I love it.
1: I love it. So there was a guy who he was a, you know, piece of shit cheating on his wife all the time and all this stuff. And then, you know, when the judge's like, Why do you do this? Like, why do you do this to your wife? And then he's like, you know, I just can't be tied down ever. Like, I'm just never gonna be monogamous. Uh, blah blah blah. and then she's like well have you talked to her about it have you told her that and he's like why would i tell her that like uh, and then she's like i'm sorry it's the truth i didn't know that that's why that's one of the things that i love watching the show for exactly because she's like i don't know i thought you would tell the truth to someone that you're married to but i guess i'm fucking antiquated (laughs) that's what i love but then he's then he was saying like no it gets me off that like she doesn't know in the scene if she knows then you know
2: then she might want to do her own thing exactly
1: (laughs) that's the thing and i have so many men in my life or like cousins and shit who like i know they'll never commit to a they'll they like whatever like being out there and all that stuff but the thing is like women are told that we are nasty if we don't just want a monogamous thing right but then So then that's what we're told. And then that's what we yeah, value.
2: I hate that. That's what we
1: value and that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's like the manipulation of these guys who d- know that they're never going to settle down, know that they never want to blah, 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 blah. And they don't bother to tell you They that. don't bother yeah. to tell you. And then they don't want the women... They don't want the women that are like, yeah, yeah, you can go and have sex with other people, but I'm gonna do that too. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. want that. They rather just get a woman and like drive her fucking crazy <laughs> at home,
0: they, calling yeah. and texting and all this shit. They want the loyal, the loyal ride or die. Like every rapper, like always does an Instagram post about like, oh yeah, um, this is my ride or die through prison, through through uh, affairs, through no money Why? and money now, and it's like that's not. You're just putting all your dirt out there. <laughs> but I think for for either a man
2: or a woman you have to earn that right or exactly, die? Exactly. Yeah. No, I don't think it comes automatically. Yeah, and that's no. what
1: um that's what Fumi was saying was like he's at a point in his relationship where they like have opened it up but it took many years of work and like so, like solidifying something solid where there's trust and respect and then they can like explore this other thing. But if you start off with that, like it's just not going to go anywhere. Mm. Um,
0: a lot of it's societal pressure too, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's terrible, but I just know at least like speaking for like Latinos, like you're, yeah. the women are always taught just to put up with anything, and you know I'm sure a lot of the same in the Black community or like. Yeah, well, I, Caribbean, I yeah. feel like
2: uh, frequently putting up with uh, trash, dick, not it can be part. Of your survival mechanism, yeah, it was know? for sure, uh, yeah. especially with the difficulty with ha- getting a job, holding a job, and having a decent-paying job, yes. or you know, how are you going to live? Well, you you've thrown your lot in with this other person, and yeah. and you're putting up with yeah. trash. So,
1: so that's why, like, so people are like, oh, back in the days, um, and I, you know, and I would love to hear uh, your perspective. But it, people are like, oh, back in the days, like people didn't get divorced. They like worked through their problems, and like to a certain extent, like I can say that you know, I understand. You know, relationships take work, and there are rough periods, and there are things that you can work through. But there's also like, I see that as like a freedom of like, no, now it's not a financial thing. Like, I'm not going to be homeless if we're not together. I'm still going to be okay. So you really have to earn and prove why constantly why i should be with you and if you're not going to pull up your end of the deal then i'm out but i'd love to hear like a little bit just as someone who's been in new york has been on the scene for a while and like i know like dating is so probably different or maybe it's not different now than it was maybe like 20 30 years ago you know i I would love to hear your perspective on that on how dating has transformed
2: i I would not i really don't want to be dating right now,
1: uh.
2: <laughs> I really don't. Want, I, I, well, you know, I'll have a um a buddy. I, I'm very hey. happy to have a, have a buddy. But um, the I hear so many uh, complaints around online dating. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from the previous century where people met in person yes. and and they actually talked to each other. Mm-hmm. And and I see consistently uh, similar. Um, complaints from women about men who are are like playing, us playing a game it's like it's like yeah. uh, uh it's almost like they're playing a video game yeah. <laughs> with you you know it, it has different components so you know a lot of it is texting until you're ghosted or yeah. Or, or, yeah. or you know you uh or uh, they immediately want to uh think that they're going to have sex and you don't even know if you really want to or you know, they, the,
1: they will ask you for sex like without asking you What
2: your last name what's your is. last name like anything you're like come on <laughs> Like, but yeah. So um, that you know th- that idea of it being another step removed from personal actually is um, kind of scary to me, mm. and uh, makes me uh, sympathize with anyone who fi- who for whom that is their normal way of looking for um, yeah. companionship, friendship, or even you know uh, you know sexual. Action. Some action. Yeah. I have an unusual situation in that um, I didn't even start dating until after I was married. It was... um, Uh, (laughs) Did I say that? No. 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 Um. I am
1: calling the police.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So I actually met my first boyfriend... Who, my, when I met my first boyfriend, I didn't realize that that was going to become my husband. Mm. Uh, as, uh, as I mentioned, I grew up in a very uh, strict situation. Of ca- Catholicism mm. and um, and because as I had mentioned before, my father abandoned me. I didn't think anybody, any male, would, would love me. And mm. this was the first person who approached me, mm. and uh, we we liked each other and fell in love. Mm-hmm. And you know that that was my my whole experience up all. Just up until I got divorced, mm. so like now the the time in between there has been uh, my experiencing of of men. Uh, uh, well, no, most sticks is straight. Yeah, <laughs> after, you know a- after that because I was married four decades to my my first.
1: Um, do you mind me asking about the divorce?
2: Well, you can ask anything you
1: want. I don't know what I'm going to answer. Yeah. Well, just so, so you were married for 40 years?
2: Well, oh no, no. Uh, only 30, actually. Oh, 30 only, years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
1: But still, like, so how was that? Like, how was it ending? And, like, what well, how was that transition? Well,
2: you you know, you were saying some things about, you know, knowing, well, at least I feel like you, when you go into a committed relationship, you've got to know what you want. Yeah. And you both people have to really understand, you know, what this means. And for, I think, the first 10 or 15 years, yeah. uh, it was working fine. And then once I realized that uh, this was not the same person that I had met when mm. I was 15 or that this was not the same thing that I was looking for when I was 15 yeah. years old, yeah. uh, things things began to change. So you met
1: when you were 15? Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. So I can't, yeah, you're a, a completely what you want everything is completely different blee, blee, blee,
2: blee, blee, blee. yeah exactly <laughs>
1: yeah, of terrible. course so as a, yeah of course when you get older
2: uh i had different ideas about what would be good for me as you know as far as as as, as an adult
1: yeah it, it and i'm sure in that time you're like figuring out comedy too and you're doing comedy well that was another thing and yeah. i'm so
2: glad you brought that up and and i do feel sorry for my ex around that because the comedy was a very large part of my life, and he resented it. I mean, mm. he was a good man. By no means do I, I mean to, uh, you know, he's to not
1: going to <laughs> listen to this. No, but
2: but seriously, <laughs> I do feel that you know he's he was a gr- he's a great father and all of this other stuff. He resented the time. I mean, I was going out four five nights or more yeah. a week to do sets and yeah. you know sometimes two three sets a, a night and this is when the original Catch a Rising Star the original improv were all out there and uh and my attention was really split and uh you know sometimes yeah. I was going back and forth to LA just picking up my my, my, you know, my bag at the door, and go either going to LA or touring. I did two and a half years touring with Anita Baker, so yeah. you know that that was always happening. So, um, and then the kid, your son, at home. My son is at home. Sometimes I was doing homework with him on the phone from California, yeah. or but my 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 husband at the time was you know was there holding things down, and he really began to resent that the uh, the time and energy and focus that I was putting into comedy. Yeah. And, I mean, like,
1: I feel like, I totally feel that. And, again, we were talking earlier about that documentary that you were in. Oh,
2: IB Dumbin was, IB, d-
1: about black women yeah. in comedy. Yes, with, along um, with uh,
2: Marsha Warfield. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, like, a lot of other people. And it was so cool to see, like, how different comedy was. like, And the ways that it was different was, like, You would do busking in Washington Square Park. You would just tell jokes and have a hat, and people would just come up and like see different sets. And there'd be people in different corners. Like that shit is so cool to me, and that's that's also terrifying to me. Uh, But also too, in the same ways that like it's still very similar. Like it's similar like how like that battle of like being a black woman in comedy and also,
2: but now you're busking on the internet. <laughs> now we're
1: busking on the internet. No, literally we're busking on the internet and anybody were like, maybe, uh, in Washington square park, you're saying jokes and people are like, oh this doesn't resonate with me. I'm going to walk away. And in Twitter, it's like, this doesn't resonate with me. You fucking suck. You're a piece of shit. Blah, blah. You know? Yeah. So there's that. But I'll also say too, um, those same things that you're talking about, I mean, I'm sure people are still dealing with now. And, it, and like, you know, just me as somebody who's, like, trying to find a partner in life, like, while dealing with, you know, like... Uh, having you know dealing with my love of comedy and like doing things five nights a week and having my time and my focus and stuff and having people resent it already and it's like uh, you can't get resent this already you just got on this ride honey like what the you know so like i totally see like i could totally understand um and yeah how like that's something that and i feel like uh that's something that a lot of comedians go through. Of like they find comedy later in life, yeah, and or not later no, in well, life. No,
2: but uh, I having someone who can understand the pressures of this industry and the self-centeredness that is built into being in something like stand-up comedy yeah. calls, you know, for the person to be, you know, border borderline saint or or either yeah, borderline exactly. crazy to yeah. say, yeah, I, you know, I want to support you in, you know, in doing something that's going to have you in bars and 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 nightclubs, you know, a- almost every single night. Yeah and and you know and not sitting with me and you know holding my hand or you know watching netflix or something
1: yeah and that's tough i mean i i feel like that's tough in general but it's especially tough f- like for men mm-hmm. you know what i mean like for men to accept that yeah and i feel like as somebody who's dating now online like i said because i'm not trying you know my networks what are my networks like my buddhist organization that's not like really that big and you can't really like explore data i wouldn't want to anyway mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like it's not somewhere where like i can you know it, that's not somewhere you know you can't really shit what you eat in
2: buddhism <laughs> where you pray yeah well, shit where you pray exactly <laughs> yeah. but um show
1: you eat. and then um comedy it's like you know it's like not great like da- comedians talk.
2: i have I uh, you know i hate that uh a lot of the actions of of comedians make me generalize yeah. that many of them are immature. And um, and I think that the industry frequently uh, enables men to remain immature for a much longer yes. time. Whereas when women come into, we've got to Get our big girl panties on, oh yeah, and be very mature and be looking out, you know, and not trying, you know, not trying to be stupid. I remember I'm I'm on on some some comedy gig, and these guys as a quote prank locked me in my hotel room the first time i'm working this particular club you know i forget exactly where it was yes and they Mm -hmm. and they 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 play the they were playing these pranks on you know on each they play pranks on each other like oh yeah let's put shaving cream under the handle of the cars And, and but they actually I don't know how they did it, but they locked me in my in my room. And I'm going, you know, this this is really kind of chi- yeah, childish. Yeah, like, come on. On a gig? Like, <laughs> on a, on, on and a like, gig, and it's, yeah. And it's different if you've been, like, with them for three years and you have established that relationship. Well, at least, but I'm I'm there sweating going, I'm supposed to be walking into the comedy yeah. club at, at this point. Uh, I oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and and they kind of, like, like, ruined, like,
1: I mean, I'm sure it was fine, but, like, that they're fucking up one of your opportunities yes. and that's the shit like yeah. fucking with your money and that's the shit that it's like you know so I'm not really attracted to uh, other communities but like I will say too which I feel like um, as a woman you know. Oh I
2: didn't say I wasn't attracted to No someone. I'm attracted. <laughs> no 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 yeah we get it
1: Rhonda. We get <laughs> it. <laughs> but, like, but like I will say but um, two oh. things that happen and I feel like this c- happens with like You know, normal civilians, you know, non-comedians is that like they uh, automatically think like I feel like and I've talked to my female comedian friends, even ones who are married, who've been with partners for a long time. It's like they kind of unknowingly, maybe men feel like, oh, well, if she's doing it that I can do it. Like like if she's they doing have like comedy a
2: competitive nature. Yeah, have a
1: competitive nature or like, oh well I can be a comedian if you're a comedian and or it's like and like and that's like a thing that uh people have and then um even guys that I'll you know, I'll be like talking to her dating or like, you know, this guy's like, Oh, well, why don't you tell me you're set? I can give you notes. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, you are a fucking like no offense you're a waiter like <laughs> well, uh, why would i get what you know what i mean you're not a comedian you're not a creative like but they think that they're entire. like they think that they, they can like provide feedback and do notes because of women's race. it's almost it's like, like they, diminish
2: your, they diminish your your you strength and what you're doing yes. Your ability and what you're doing they yeah.
1: diminish your strength they demil- diminish your ability and uh d- yeah like diminish your like
2: Because you're a woman and you're doing this, like, oh, I'm a man, like, a lot of men. Do you think, do you think they are doing this on purpose or it just, it's just part of their nature that they can't help themselves from? uh, I don't
1: think a lot of them are doing it on purpose, but I do think that, like, it happens enough where it's like, is it part of your, or is there something that tells you that, like, when a woman does things. It's automatically like not gonna be as good or but less that's what, like, important. Yeah, yeah. That, less important and I mean that's the conversation people are having with like little women or just things that women like in general. It's like not as good as things that men like, right? Like we're supposed to like a book like Catcher in the Rye. Has uh, like what? What are the great literature like classics? And we're supposed to be like identifying as like this is it? This is the 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 experience of all America or, or like what it means to be an adolescent. But people see Little Women. It's like oh, that's a chick thing, and it's like oh, they can't get like they can't get life lessons or anything from things that are directed towards women. You know, and that's such an like important self,
2: point that that we are not getting uh the, an equal sense of what it's like uh for. Uh, in, in maturing and growing up and, and experiencing life, that 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 kind of lack of knowledge and a lack of experience, I think is is bad for both both sexes, for 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 everybody, not just yeah. uh, you no, know, men like and women, like, but uh, but everybody, everybody across the and it's the also board. like
1: a race thing too about uh, people who like you know talk about like coming to age movies and then it's like oh well moonlights were black gay people it's not for me you know and it's like well no all, like black gay people for the longest time have had to find themselves in whatever p- mass media project has been out and like when the tables are turned people are like oh well this isn't for me or like oh i can't listen to beyonce's music because it's like for black people you know yeah it's that kind of argument it's like it's not really helpful or conducive but it's like it's this thing of a shift where people are always viewed as the center and like they're the thing and then when then something's a little circum like different they're like whoa 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 what is the that fuck?
2: like when people are in silos i've heard that term used that they, what they 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 feel like what it, wherever they are is the most important uh aspect of their lives and that and they're going to stay in that silo they're going to just stay in that lane yeah, they're not right. going to expand out of it i i really feel like it, and and I may not always achieve it. I try to be open minded about what's going on when yeah. I think of my mother growing up uh and and the the way the world has changed the mm-hmm. technological advances i you you know i i i just ponder how could she you know adjust with all of these things that we take for granted yeah you know every single day but it's a different time it's It's a different time and I'm and I hope you know that I can at least be open-minded enough to hear and 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 want to know about what what's going on yeah so that uh, I'm part of this century yeah no and I will say too like Look, I folks, wonder, I'm so old. <laughs> I, I grew up before pantyhose was invented. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: That and was a technol- <laughs> technological thing. Well, yeah, like it's also like cool too to hear that. Like you're like I'm not even in, interested in dating because like for so long, I you know, and, and you know, I want I want to speak to you know. I, again, I don't want to make any assumptions, but like it's just you know, women are taught like the worst thing you could be is like old and alone and not with a partner. Well, like uh, no,
2: I, there is something worse than being old and alone, being old and with someone that you can't stay.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like That's the thing. It's like, or, you know, I was on vacation one time when I went, went to vacation to Hawaii and I was just by myself and I was on a beach and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I've been taught my whole life that this is the worst thing. And of course, like being on vacation by yourself is like there are lonely moments, but I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are we so afraid of? So it's like, um. But yeah, like there,
2: my my thing with you know my 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 limited experience with having been married for so much of my life is that it's what I find is unfortunate is that when I. Um, either initiate something or uh or accept someone uh someone's uh, advances that I frequently feel like oh gosh, I wish I hadn't done <laughs> that, oh, that really? wasn't. And not because he was a bad person, but because I wasn't satisfied. Mm, yeah, no. That,
1: I mean, I feel like that's just the yeah. base level. Oh, oh God. Like, that's just the base level. That's yeah, just the that's dating so, in New York. That's just, just you keep doing the
0: same thing over and over again, You're expecting like, a oh. different result. You're like, am I insane? Oh, my God. No, oh, no, dating. don't make me yeah. cry up in yeah, here. She's <laughs> going, I'm hey, hey,
2: not only is the dick trash, it don't even satisfy you.
1: It is. Like, these guys are not even nice. And I'm like, you uh, don't have good enough dick to be an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what. That's what the dating apps have done. Yeah, it's like <laughs> these trash dicks. Yeah, prosper. these guys don't even ask your name. Yeah, then you yeah. meet with them to have sex because you're horny, and then it's terrible. And I'm like, oh, this is sucks. Like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. You suck at every fucking level. Yeah. I hate you. I hate it here <laughs> um yeah dating
0: in new york definitely ma- makes you really introspective and be like okay can i be by myself <laughs> Yeah, because exactly. i keep trying to f- what am i looking for in these men or like in these partners that aren't that isn't fulfilling me and yeah
1: yeah To so just to shift oh. so i want to hear like about your most th- whatever you feel like sharing <laughs> your most trash dick experience and again t- trash dick could be like actually like bad sex or it could just be like
2: the shittiest person well, or like
1: a fu- whatever you want to share
2: um one that comes to mind is that um i wanted to have an experience of 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 someone who had a, a certain a certain set of physical attributes mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay ryan <Raja. laughs>
2: <laughs> and um when i was presented with the opportunity <laughs> to oh! that. There was not an orifice that I could fit that thing into.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> okay, so uh, you
1: had a big dick hangover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I I I really I I felt like, well, that'll teach me. <laughs> think you thought you were a size queen, think again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, you know pillows, angles,
2: nah, <laughs> no, no. no. No, a pi- pillow angle was not going to help any of this.
0: No lube, nothing. No, uh-oh, please. No. No. You, you can no. still hear the fear in your
2: voice. Oh, <laughs> man.
1: You have PTSD from then uh, that. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, my
0: God.
2: And, you
1: know, that's like that's also, too, like... That's another thing that's, like, so messed up is that everyone just thinks size. And even men, too, like, size... But it's just, like, it has... You know, not has nothing to do with size, but at the same time, like a lot of my friends complain. Like the worst thing is a guy with a huge dick. Like nine times out of ten, they don't even use it. right? They yes. just like yeah. lay there and expect you to whatever. don't know what
2: to do with it. Mm. Don't know don't, what to do don't with don't it. Don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and
1: uh, <laughs> that's terrible. That sucks.
2: But but you know, and I know this is about dicks being trash but uh i feel like our society does not educate us for intimacy no it doesn't Mm -hmm. i resent that i think it should be part of our growing up curriculum i would i would start it well, first thing, it should it could be in the curriculum, but I I think it needs to start in the home. Yeah, you know, but when you know yeah. it's when the child is being potty trained, or you know, whenever anything about the body or cl- or intimacy comes yeah. up, that it's not shied away from, that mm-hmm. it's dealt with, so we can. What start. What do you feel like people need to learn? I guess is my thing. Like. Well, for, well, that uh, intimacy. And sex can be two different things. Yeah. Uh. That uh. Love and and sex it can be two different things. And, w- and we need to learn what satisfies us. Yes. Because you can be. I just saw some man who who was on a um on a television show. You know, talking about he was a a, a, a football player, had two children, and then like years later comes out as as gay. Yeah. And, and and the wife is going. I th- yeah. I think. I knew that a couple of years before you told me, Uh, but, 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 but so that we become familiar with ourselves mm -hmm. and be allowed to, uh, you know, express, explore, express, express and, and be authentic. I think we, we spend so much time hiding and so much time in whatever closet that, you know, that we're in, that we, we lose our, our living time. Yeah that's true so important so why i, yeah, <laughs> I want <laughs> to live yeah um
1: okay let's see okay so just a few more questions um what are some red flags you've chosen to ignore in the past
2: it um the guy shows uh, up at my house around midnight with um, a bag of chips and and one malt liquor no. <laughs> i think that's <laughs> Ooh. that's a red flag <laughs> <laughs> what
1: should he show up to your house
2: with? Uh, uh, oh my god well first thing he should call before
0: oh, <laughs> he didn't even call him for- not even two bags of chips <laughs>
2: <laughs> two bags of chips <laughs> <laughs> Smirnoff off for me you know. smear enough, not smear <laughs> Rhonda, I know you ain't
1: giving it up for no Smirnoff <laughs> eyes. I'll get you that $7.99, Rhonda. You can love yourself a little bit. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, no, but uh, a, a red flag. I didn't know that a red flag was. I, I was talking to someone. He says to me, you know, I'm a very sensitive man. And it was only like uh, several weeks later that I found out that he meant he was sensitive to his own needs.
1: Oh, um, yeah, yeah. that is so deep. Yeah. Wow. Damn. <laughs> damn okay had no idea speak (laughs) on it yeah so wait he was only sensitive to his needs but to everyone else's it's like fuck
2: it i'm very sensitive and you know and and but i have to give it to he knew what he wanted yeah you know and i'm there thinking oh my gosh we're gonna have something going on here no we we were not yeah he was just sensitive but
1: that's true like yeah, you could be sensitive, but uh, do you care about other? others? But there are so many people like that are like, I'm so sensitive. And it's like they're, they're so selfish. wrapped up in their own feelings. <laughs> yeah, They can't even see. It's like it doesn't matter if you're aware that you're sensitive, if you're but not trying to work. I, I may
2: be wrong, but I think that the whole idea of having almost the entire world at your your th- fingertips to explore that way whether you're ever going to meet them or not i think that makes some people like that 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 they don't have to really care yeah they don't really have to yeah. invest yeah in in you personally because there's like 27 mm-hmm. other people who have come up We're you know, but
1: you know extremes. what
0: yeah. it's just extremes. but yeah but yeah. the mm-hmm. thing is yeah. it's
1: perceived options because there's like 27 people that don't match with you but really It's only, in reality, there's probably only, like, two or three other people that, like, will actually meet with you and would actually see you beyond a first date. There's so many levels. But these guys are like, oh, well, five girls matched with me yesterday. It was like, yeah, but two of them was a mistake. One of them is not going to ever see you in person. You know what I mean? It's like, but they think that they have all these options when they really Perceived options. Perceived options. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So... Without, if you, you know, you don't have to name venues or names or anything. Oh my
2: God. (laughs) But
1: what's been your most trash experience in comedy? So you say how you got locked out, but I'm sure there's others.
2: I was asked to headline a show at a local comedy club by an independent producer who I wasn't familiar with. and, And he... Started putting on people in front of me, and after the fifth person, you know, I I said, uh, w- you know, what's happening here? And he says, Oh, you might not uh, go on. And I had already done all of this PR about
1: the fucking show, yeah. about the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and I had about uh, I had a whole row of people who were there to see me. Yeah, and um and it, the show was coming to a close, yeah. I, and, and I hadn't gone on yet. And uh, when the MC went up to 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 say that, the people who had come to see me started chanting that "Put Rhonda on, yeah, <laughs> Put Ronda so on." But the guy was not going to pay me, and I'm uh, and and I just I made a stink. I said, "Look, this is what you said you were yeah. going to do. I want my payment." I was yeah. I was so upset because I thought this was like one of the I was trying to uh, become acquainted with some of the new independent yeah. producers and this was one of my first forays with it and it was it was so unpleasant and then uh, I I I sort of felt great that the people were chanting for me. They said they were not going to leave until yeah, of until I like, went to on. See and then uh, he and you know, and then he says, okay, I'll give you half the money. And I just started yelling, "No, I want, I oh. want all my money!" Like <laughs> like the, like I was in a Broadway play going, "I want my ham, I want yeah. my money!" You yeah, know? give me my fucking money! And, and it really gave me um, a bad taste in my mouth for trying to deal with independent producers because I came. Came up like I said in the last century when at the club there was like one person that you dealt with, uh, yeah. you know, for for your spots and and for what was going on yeah. and and it, it really it was basically trash. But then I did see that that person was eventually evicted from the club from, oh, from being an independent producer there. And then I heard other people talking about him, like even hitting on on people, you know, oh. in the you know set, trying to set up a date. Uh, for you to do a gig and all of a sudden he's like veering off into you know sexual areas so i realized that my experience was you know it it wasn't about me it was about him him, as a trash promoter yeah Yeah. but
1: exactly like if you internalize that it's like what about like am i you know which is something that i would tend to do sometimes it's like Am I not good enough? You know, and it's
2: You're know, always like, good enough, honey. Thank you. Always.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Can I save that on my phone? Like <laughs> always I'm going to cut that and save it to my phone. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> okay. So you got the nickname Passion.
2: Well, that is the name that I use when I'm directing. And um, I uh, will be uh, directing uh, a, a short film soon. But yes. Rhonda Passion <laughs> Handsome. Uh, is is the name that i like to use when i'm and that part of my creativity mm. and it came from actually when uh, I had a conversation with my father which you know it's not that many so when i did talk with him it, it was very impactful for me mm. and the man tried to make me believe that there wasn't anything between him and my mother and it was a lie i know i know that it oh, was oh so
1: he was like I'm not your dad I've never N- talked well to no mom. he
2: he did not deny that but he didn't he tried to deny the relationship relationship and i knew that like your mom was like a side yeah well oh it's not even that he she she was in his life but uh what i didn't like is he tried to make where they met be like something represented to be something less than what it, uh, you know like it was not a good thing like it wasn't a good place and I knew that my mother didn't even frequent the, that, that that type of place but th- what bothered me was that he was trying to deny the feelings that he had that mm. there was actually a relationship this was not a wham bam thank you ma'am yeah. and, um, and so I flipped out had a nervous breakdown and I said I know that there was passion in your life because I'm the result of it yeah. and I started using that name for my crea- wow. my creative efforts as a director. Yeah. yeah, passion. And also because um I sometimes have an urgency or or a sensibility about a quality in my voice that is it's not anger, it's an it's intensity passion. that is actually passion for what I do or for or for how I'm expressing myself what I'm ex- expressing myself about.
1: Wow. You're so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I stand. We have to stand. Oh, we have to stand. I you. know that you know what that means because you are on Tumblr yeah. and YouTube, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently. You know what's up. Um, look, so this is a lightning round.
2: Point, oh right. okay all right. so i'm gonna try to not to say something that i have to apologize for in 2020 <laughs> no, 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 no. all you're
1: gonna do all we're gonna do is say a word and you're just gonna say trash or no oh okay uh so let's go right spanks
2: trash
1: <laughs> the 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 emotion behind that <laughs> porter potties
2: oh trash <laughs> richard gear uh, uh not uh, i guess he's okay,
1: okay. <laughs> i guess he's okay. riding the bus in new york city oh
2: i love that
1: Th- not trash
2: okay not trash reality tv <laughs> well the trash that i love can i go to that yeah, category yeah, that yes <laughs> turn a table over and i'm there
0: <laughs> so you like jersey yeah.
1: <laughs> so here. junior's cheesecake Oh, oh,
2: not trash. Not trash.
1: trash. All right. Well, we're pretty 50-50 on what's trash and what's not. (laughs) All right. So we're just going to end on a positive note. So, Rhonda, can you tell us one fond, happy memory that restored your faith in humanity?
2: Oh, something that restored my
1: faith in humanity. (laughs) I know (laughs) this is the worst. Like and like question. Like all these comedians are like. "Ah, And the last guy was like, I got a hand job once.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On my way here, uh, I had a change at Atlantic Avenue, and I saw this woman kneeling down. dealing with a stroller. There was a baby in the stroller and all of this stuff there, and I'm looking at her, and I'm looking at her, and someone comes up the escalator. A a woman uh, comes up the escalator. She walks past, and then she turns around and comes back and starts helping the woman because the wheels, the back wheels had come off the stroller. And she goes over. She holds the stroller. She kicks the wheels back on with her feet, and I'm going... Wow, I didn't even bother. I was just standing yeah. here looking and I'm just glad I didn't take out my phone and start filming it oh, it yeah. instead That's of okay. helping her and I thought that was such a kind gesture. It was a wonderful gesture.
1: You know what? I find it's always women doing that shit. Yeah. I'm I'm always volunteering. It's always I fucking but <laughs> it does restore your faith in womanity. Uh,
2: womanity. Yes, womanity. Yes, I love it. I love yes. it. And um, I love you for inviting me here. Course. This has been great. I'm glad. Making me can. go some places that I have not been
1: expecting. I know. I'm sorry. I thought that you lived in Crown Heights. So I was like, oh, she lives in Crown Heights. She's a local. <laughs> She's probably here around the holidays. I can get. But now I know you came from the Bronx, and I'm so happy. Uh, I feel like Candy's super happy to have you. You. I'm
0: super obsessed with you. I love you. Oh <laughs> God, I, I love you too. <laughs> you got another Twitter follower. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Go your blog is you. amazing. One
2: by one, I'm yeah. going to get there. Yeah,
0: and like,
1: <laughs> write a book, please. Okay. And yes. like, yeah, and I can't wait for this to come out. I'm super excited. uh Yeah, again, like, so happy you're so wise. And thank you so much for doing this show. We I really love you both it. and thank you for having of me. Of course.
2: Danielle. Yay. Welcome to All is trash. All, <laughs> is trash. All is trash. <laughs> Yay.
1: Thank you for listening to the All Dick is Trash podcast. The All Dick is Trash podcast is produced by Candy Harlow, and we are part of the More Banana Podcast Network. Our founder and managing producer is Kate Moldenhauer. If you would like to share an anonymous confession, email trashdickconfession at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at aditpodcast. And of course, you can always follow me, your host, Millie Tamaris, on Twitter at Millie Tamaris. Stay classy, y'all.
0: Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleepwave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode, so search Sleepwave on your favorite podcast app. And find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut.